1: the Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is Georgie, check for dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See McDonald's.com.
0: Yeah, look, that, that sounded horribly like, do you know who I am? Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves. Knockout follows it, Almunia saves again. And now Whopperer on the counter-attack. Forestieri. I don't believe this. Here's Hulk Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen.
2: Troy has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch
1: your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us, Mr. Benjamin Bloom. How are you, Ben?
0: Welcome back, Justin. Um, Did you expect to be speaking to me in July of this year, honestly?
1: Well, possibly from October onwards, yes. (laughs) I think I probably did. Uh, Now, when
0: did I see you? I saw you. As Mohamed Salah was ripping you, and you played two left backs against him as well. Yep. So I, I think you're lying when you say October. I think it might have been before that. Might. Well,
1: it? I think that game was in October, Ben. If oh, I remember, okay. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, it was Ranieri's first game in charge, wasn't it? So, okay. yeah. yeah right. No, I didn't think I'd be speaking to you. Well, certainly not about Watford being in the uh, in the EFL. But here we are. We're in the Championship. Uh, we're out of the Premier
2: League. Welcome back. In fairness, Ben, we have been we have been saying since about February that the one thing to look forward to is the Benjamin Bloom <laughs>
0: Football Channel. Oh, bless uh, you!
2: So you know your your reputation precedes you, and unfortunately, we're now in a position to be able to get some advanced scouting as to the opposition that we might be facing.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, let's let's look at Watford. Obviously, you know we're we're back in this in this division, which you know we're going to try and get out of. But realistically, based on the squad as of today, how do you think? we will fare in getting promotion this season
0: just the unknown quantity of the manager makes that such a hard question to answer and I think a lot of people were pleased with the hire maybe the um I mean we don't need to go into the ins and outs of um when when the telephone calls were particularly um, made to and from (laughs) but um but I, I like the hire you know I think your club gets a lot of stick from a lot of fans some of it fair but a lot of it is unfair about the um, managerial ins and outs but it's a it's a young up-and-coming manager which is great but going into this absolute carnage of a division which is so unpredictable so tricky and add the potso's into that and we all everyone says it don't they if he's not got X amount of points and it's different this year as well because of the World Cup. That will Mm, make a difference in terms of transfer market and I don't know whether that moves Potso twitchy finger date forward or, or backwards. Maybe it moves it backwards but I just think we'd all love to see them be patient with Rob Edwards. Look, you know my feelings and it's not Watford's fault it's not Norwich's fault, it's not Burnley's fault but they should all be challenging at the top of the league with their resource compared to the opposition. It's going to be a little bit more difficult I think even you guys would admit COVID was a help to the parachute teams the last time you were down it was slightly easier than otherwise it's a bit more of an even playing field now but the squad is excellent the star power is excellent you're going to tell me whether there's any chance of Mr Saar or Mr Dennis one or the other staying if either of those stay they'll absolutely fill their boots in the in the championship it all depends on the manager.
1: That's a very good question because pre-season they were kind of not included in anything until the last two matches is that correct Peter?
2: Yeah, so we had the training camp um of, out in out in the Tyrol out in Austria Which is where we Kind of traditionally go And they were nowhere To be seen And suddenly They were reintroduced um, And played against uh, we've, I mean like a lot of clubs And it would be interesting To see if, if, if you've heard About this activity We've had an awful lot Of games behind Closed doors At the training camp We had a, an Elton John concert And therefore the, the pitch maintenance Is like two weeks behind So lots of games Have been played Behind closed doors But suddenly Saar and Dennis Came back in And we suddenly scored Four goals Having scored only one goal Having scored <laughs> Only one goal in three games previously Only one match was streamed Against Panathinaikos out in, out in the Tyrol But I have to say If that was Panathinaikos They did a they did a fine impression Of Homer Green Who play in the uh, South Midlands division They <laughs> really weren't at it They weren't you, you wouldn't know anything Anything of quality We were up against But it was typical Pre-season fair We then played uh, We played on Saturday Against uh, a reasonably strong Southampton outfit But played at Wheelstone uh, Wheelstone's ground In Reislip Manor you, you, you mentioned about Rob Edwards is there has been a real push. I mean, more than any other previous season from the, from the fan base to really push for a young progressive manager. And there's a real desire from the, from the groundswell of the club to give him a chance. There's a, there's a great deal of goodwill towards him. That extended further on Saturday, when the elements that we have remaining in a, you know, a a squad that isn't really quite the same squad that we had when we came down last time for the championship, they really suddenly put in an, you know, kind of effort and determination. Whereas last season um, under, under, oh I don't know about 33 managers at, at the time uh, <laughs> effort and determination were not things that were in abundance under anybody so Rob Edwards has got a lot of uh, a lot of people's hopes up not for necessarily where we're going to finish a lot of the common you know kind of a lot of the clever money is look if he's 12 stick with him give him the chance whether or not that means Mr Pozzo will God alone knows.
1: With regards to Dennis and Saar at the moment they are still with us who knows who knows where they're going to be at the end of August or when the transfer window opens again I guess that's after. To the World Cup is it when it opens again
0: Justin all I'll, all I'll say about these type of players we, we call them cheat code players <laughs> in the championship either scenario with competence should equal promotion you keep Ishmael Assar and playing for 35 games he will probably get 18 to 25 goal contributions goals and assists hmm. you sell Ishmael Asar for tens of millions and reinvest that into players that will work so it's just about competence and utilising those assets I always say it's not always a bad thing to sell obviously you want good players but with with those assets either way around they should be a rather large help and you know go and ask Blackpool or, or Rotherham if, if they'd like Ishmael Asar and I'm <laughs> I'm sure they'd take out a scenario
1: I think you're right I think you're right am I right in saying Pete, that we borrowed some money or something in case is this so we can buy players and then sell the others on i'm not quite sure
2: well the the reason for it is is not quite aware i think a lot of clubs obviously are suffering from a from a cash flow issue post-pandemic in our case post relegation we have taken out what is effectively oh you can either call it supply chain finance or you could call it a, a payday loan which is effectively what we've done is we've hocked our, our parachute payments because we were only back up for a year we only get two and those have basically been been hawked and I think that's been done to try to fill the gap that selling SAR and selling Dennis which seem to be the first plan but of course the POTSOs will only sell at a price that they think is right um, for them and I would you know I'm not surprised that people aren't coming forward with you know for 40 million for 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 Ismail Assar because he had a bit of a kind of a nonchalant season last year Mm. I mean I was fortunate enough to be on Benjamin's show because you were on holiday and we we talked we talked talk. yeah yeah uh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust trust me F- first is promotion um it, it was yeah you know, we we talked about Sarah and I kind of said well he's one of those players who kind of plays for five minutes and Ben you just laughed and went yeah but it's what he does in those five minutes and in the absolutely. championship that goes a long way uh, Dennis Dennis is 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 a different character altogether because his his defensive stats are actually off the chart and he started last season and we thought there's no way of keeping hold of him but he does seem to be the kind of person who can occasionally have an argument in a phone box and will stop passing to anybody but in fairness especially with Sarr out of the picture for large pants of last season there wasn't really necessarily anybody better to pass to at some uh, on some occasions so he's kind of uh, uh, again we've had Villarreal we've had Palace and we've had Everton mentioned but nobody stumped up the cash that I think the Potsos will want to see so hopefully we might have them but what we've been Kind of disappointed about has been the lack of activity around the rest of the the, the team, or you know, if they were going to be replaced with those. I've, I've looked at some of the other teams, including, for example, Sheffield United, and they've only actually signed one player well on a permanent basis. Is that is sorry, that
0: echoed out? Well, sorry to jump in there, Peter. I was Please. going to suggest there's two parallels with two other clubs, and Sheffield United is one of them because mm. their central midfielder, Sander Berger, yeah. is very good, and if he kept him fit all season, he He could carry a team. And uh, Burnley with Maxwell Cornet as well. You've got these high-value players... But they don't tend to go until the last minute because I think the buying clubs know that you guys, you know Watford, Sheffield United, Burnley, et cetera, are in this situation where it's a bit of a buyer's market once you get once you get relegated. So I think you might see a bit of. I think it's going to happen at a few clubs. I think Max Aarons might go out of Norwich late. Um, maybe Gus Hamer at, or Callum O'Hare at Coventry. And this, a lot of this might. And you know what it's like. It not even go down to the last day. It goes down to the, the last afternoon of the, the last day. And it, this, this is the deal with these big assets who are either going to be sold for a hell of a lot of money or are going to play at a level which probably, I want to say beneath them, that's not fair. You are where you are, but could do better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's the suspicion with this this loan arrangement this bringing stuff in is whether or not it's a contingency in case that doesn't happen and they have still got the finances to fill the void left by relegation or whether or not it is actually to kind of uh, you know uh, know what's happening and if one or both of them go that we might be able to sign some replacements because we haven't had an awful lot but what's what's i mean with with Sheffield United there and you mentioned Sanderberg they've only signed the one lad Armedzovic, yeah arm <laughs> On oh, I think it is something along those lines. Um, the rest they've bought in on on loan. So there's Kieran Clark from Newcastle and there's the lad Doyle from Man City. Had, who's been the who's had the strongest recruitment? Do you think in the Championship in comparison to ours?
0: Well, if only a very helpful YouTuber have made a video grading all of the Championship Club's recruitment. So yeah, you can check that out on my channel. We have covered this topic. Um, I like Millwall's recruitment, but when we're talking about who's had the best recruitment, you have to treat the relegated clubs differently because good recruitment for Luton or good recruitment for Millwall looks very different than good recruitment for Norwich, Burnley, yourselves. um, West Brom are the other... We've got five parachute teams, haven't we? West Brom... Is it Sheffield
2: United still? Yes,
0: thank you. Yeah, Sheffield United. So you almost have to take those five teams, you know, Watford and the other four. Recruitment looks very different for them because obviously you have to sell and there's going to be big assets go out. And you you can sit there and say, oh, well, Burnley, Pope, Tarkovsky, me... That's a very good goalkeeper in two centre halves, but then it's how they retool, and you're kind of comparing that with I don't know. So Sunderland have dropped, we think, two million quid on a young centre half, and you think fantastic, great recruitment. But would a would a relegated club consider that great recruitment? Probably not. They're mm-hmm. you know they're fishing in a they're fishing a different pool. So I like I like what Millwall have done. I like what Sunderland have done. I think Swansea might spend a bit more of the money they got for Flynn down. So that looks interesting. Just remember, remember this late market and also Premier League loans only get sorted out after the Premier League have finished doing their deals. So we're kind of all waiting in the background. I'll just drop in as well. Hull is going to be a, a lot of fun. They're either going to crash and burn or you know they've done a, they've done a couple of ambitious bits of business there so they could be a they could be an interesting one but i think in my i don't want to ruin my video if anyone's going to go and watch it but i had i had Millwall, i had your friends loot and i had Sunderland as all having done having done good business
1: has Hull has taken two fan they have haven't they
0: yeah they have yeah, yeah. they have and jean-michel seri who yes one of these- yes one of these players for he was playing for Fulham last year. Yeah. One of these players who looked so confident he actually didn't sprint. You know, he was just literally doing the old Andrea Pirlo or Willy Bolly for Wolves and just swagging her around the pitch, having great fun. And they got Figueiredo from uh, Forest. He was um, he was a bit part player in the end, but he knows the championship. And think if you believe what um, Transfer Mark says, they've dropped a few million quid on a Turkish striker as as well so uh, as I say that will go one of two ways very much.
1: (laughs) Who would you say would be a surprise package or a team that you might not suspect normally would be sort of a team that would do very well but this season could be a surprise package?
0: Um, I'm going to give an answer that you'll like as Watford fans but it's very boring. I think you might be able to stick a glass ceiling beneath sixth place. I think I think the parachute teams are going to be powerful this year. I think Chris Wilder and Middlesbrough would be the other side around the top six. Hmm. I think Luton and Millwall are are well run. That wouldn't be a surprise, though, if they got into the playoffs. You know, if, if one of the richer teams and Middlesbrough are incompetent. You know, and this is what we had last year. We had Fulham and Bournemouth zip off into the distance. And then if you guys were following in in the playoffs, Huddersfield and Luton and Forest came from absolutely nowhere. And so the door opened up for, you know, I know Huddersfield have been in the Premier League, but they um, mortgaged their parachute money. So they were a huge surprise. And obviously Luton's spend compared to, you know, some of the richer teams is just, is just nothing. So, It opened up last season. I don't envisage it being the same this season. Um, I guess I've already mentioned Hull. That could be a a mega surprise. You never know what Sunderland could do with a fair win. They've sold 30,000 season tickets. You just don't know. If they were to win four and draw one of their first five home games, you you just don't know what the momentum in that type of fan base uh, could be like. But... In terms of a in terms of a surprise, my answer is: I think money's going to talk, and I don't envisage there being a surprise. Right. But that's why it's a surprise, Justin. Absolutely, no one sees it coming. No, that's <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> in terms of then your your selection for who you think is going to get automatic, you've mentioned there. Kind of a glass ceiling of the of the top six, and I appreciate that. Obviously, it might be kind of putting a piece of paper between these teams. But um, if if if, you, if you've looked at kind of uh, where you where you kind of predict, if you've done such a video. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, that that might be something that people could come and look at. But
0: what, you know, kind of g- give me give me a top three. My top three actually didn't have. I had Watford fourth. I mean, the immediate but, place you look is at the relegated teams with the year one parachute payments. But the issue this year is Vincent Company and Rob Edwards, and you just don't know. They could do great. They could do what Bournemouth did and take two years to bounce back if they're Mm -hmm. playing a little bit more of a long game. Obviously, Dean Smith at Norwich has got the promotion on their CV. I hear all your listeners go... Can he do it without Jack Grealish? We're going to find out if you know if Dean Smith can do it without Jack Grealish or if Norwich can do it without Emi Buendia as well. I had Norwich just on muscle memory, squad quality. I think they'll sell Max Aaron's and bring in a couple. I think Todd Campwell might come back and be quite an important player after sort of a bit of a flounce and a loan out last year. So I had Norwich top. <laughs> I had... <laughs> I had Sheff- I said Sheffield United second. There's, there's three caveats to that. I know that's a lot of caveats. They need a tune-out of Bruce Brewster and Ollie McFerney up top. Can't We can't be going into 2022-23 20, and still expecting Philly Sharp to carry Sheffield United. I know he's fantastic and he's fit and he's been a great player, but they need a tune-out of those other two. And they had Morgan Gibbs-White on loan last year from yeah. just a fantastic player and probably their best player. And it's always a bit of a worry when your best player is on on loan. And then there's the Sander Berger issue as well. So I had Norwich first, Sheffield United uh, second. I believe I had Middlesbrough third. And again, this is predicated on them spending some of the money they got for Jed Spence yeah. on a striker. If the um, rumor mill is right, they could be taking Rodrigo Muniz on loan from Fulham, uh, which which would work. That will that will do the job. And I don't know if you're following last year. Middlesbrough got a player called Isai Jones who yeah. plays on the right hand side, who's uh, could be if he stays fit, extremely good as well. So that that's my top three. I've just got a bit of a struggle with the parachute teams because two of you guys, and it's great, have gone with young, and it's really great for the for the story because Vincent Company is obviously a giant in terms of playing reputation. Unproven though, and Rob Edwards, you know the uh, champion of. League too, so but I don't know how they're going to perform. We interesting,
1: don't, we don't either. To be fair, I mean, you know, it's been it's been an interesting close season, isn't it, Peter? Really, I think um, there's a lot of doom and gloom around towards the end of last season. Obviously, Roy Hodgson. And- didn't endear himself to the fans with the football or his personality or, or anything really. He was just a, an absolute miss. They bought Rob Edwards out last game of the season, which was Leicester at home, wasn't it? I think, or the last home game of the season anyway. And he got quite a big applause, and it was just a little bit of kind of, oh, it's, a, it's sort of a nice feeling. The Elton John concerts, though, really did lift it, didn't they? He, he came out and he spoke very passionately about Watford and how much he still loves the team and you know, and all that sort of thing. So it, there is a good mood around the, 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 the ground at the moment, which will help because last year there was none. There was no goodwill towards any part of that club last season from anyone. Everyone was just like, get rid that's of the not, manager.
0: That's not nice to see from the outside. Guys. That's
1: horrible. No it was horrible from the inside as well because... You turn up to games and you think, oh well, we, you know we should win this one today. You lose
2: last game of the season against
1: Leicester was it five one? They did us, Pete. I think
2: right, five five one Leicester. There was also we had a succession of individual errors at the back, which 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 started early throughout the season. It it was the one consistent thing throughout was our ability to shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm. Uh, we, we, yeah, no, no, it, it's bad, but it was in a way looking back, it was always destined to be. We had nineteen games at home, we lost fifteen of them. There's no way that season is going to be enjoyable. If it weren't for the TV revenue, a lot of people, myself included, would be more than happy to sit in the championship because it's, you know, the the, the games are competitive. You never know, you know, every team can realistically beat any other team in that division on the day. Whereas, you know, as we started there at the top, you know, when you've got, bless him, Danny Rose and bless him, Adam Messina, chasing around after... (laughs) after Mo Salah and and you think oh no it's not Mo Salah who's he going to pass to? Oh, he's going to pass to Firmino or Jota or at the time Mane, or and it's just it's such a an uneven playing field, and I think that's what you get with a little bit of the championship, notwithstanding your your glass ceiling below below that kind of sixth place. Uh, the one thing I will absolutely uh, commend uh, yeah, Benjamin and, and his channel for is his insight. He earlier on described you know Todd Cantwell as if he comes back from a flounce. If I was playing Pictionary and I had the word flounce, I would be drawing a picture. Of Todd Cantwell. <laughs> this man knows what he speaks.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is something flouncy about him. He's got quite a flancy haircut and stuff as he's, well. He's, he's, uh, yeah. he's
2: a proper player if he fancies. Oh, he's a great player. He can be a super player, but he just, he just looks like he's having a half half the
0: time. <laughs> so, can I just put this back to you guys? We're talking about new untrained managers. We're talking about the power of the parachute teams. Watford's first three opponents. Sheffield United, West Brom, Burnley. That's not nice, is it?
1: No, it's not nice at all. But you've got to play him at some point, I guess. I mean,
0: you know... You do, but, Justin, with the caveat, if it was... I was, I was going to say Claudio Ranieri then, but he did it. If it was a, an experienced manager who'd been around the block, you'd think, no worries. What everyone is saying about Edwards, he needs a good start, mm. and those teams are going to be powerful. Particularly, we've already... I don't want to contradict myself... Um, We've already said, those squads are not going to be shaped until the window closes either. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: I think I think and this is this is why the interest in how people have so far gone about their transfer activity and kind of strengthened. And I look at West Brom as a team
0: who have done you know pretty well in that in that
2: particular area.
0: They um, were near the, Pete, they were near the top of my list as well. Yeah. They got the two championship free agents in Swift and, and Wallace. Absolutely. And it, and they also bought in um o-
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember his own. Um and, and, and that looks that looks pretty strong to me. And, And and exactly as you said there, our our activity has been short. The squad is definitely more imbalanced than balanced. So Sem, uh, or Samir, I should say, sorry, looks like he's exiting and going back to Italy, not to Udinese, but somewhere else, apparently. <laughs> and he, he he's our left-sided centre-back and we're playing three at the back. So actually having a left-sided centre-back is kind of important. He's going and now all the, all the reports are, well, we're looking now for a left-sided centre-back. And you think, well, that would have been nice to have known beforehand. Who knows we could have done something in advance. <laughs> so, we, so we played on, on Saturday with three centre-backs, all right-sided and then we played with two wingbacks both left-sided because we didn't go for a Kane Wilson ahead of time uh, and the, and some of the some of the sales that have been made so for example femminia is being you know is on his way to Villarreal. we've also got and this this is going to be an interesting element that that we're having to cope with but I think all clubs are having to do it is this homegrown and non-homegrown quotas in terms of who can be included in the match day squad and this is where I think a lot of our from a Watford perspective a lot of the unease has been around the the, the transfer activity or the lack of it first of all we'd like some more obviously but secondly is we had our, our wonderful technical director um, who's not overly popular our, be honest with you, except for those people who like to collect butterflies. That's an in-joke that only people on the thing will get. He came out and explained that we'd sold, for example, Cucho Hernandez to Columbus Crew because of the homegrown or the non-homegrown quota, and he wants to leave. So he went off and justified this. And then the two players we signed are Albanian and uh, Ivorian, uh, the from uh, from Cote d'Ivoire um and it's like well that makes no sense because Rob Edwards had already come out and said I want to have the the requisite number which I think is 11 you can have in a matchday squad of non-homegrown players because he doesn't want to have players in his squad that he can't select simply because of a numbers basis and they've gone literally they've literally gone the other way you know even with Feminia going out to Villarreal we're 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 lining up supposedly Gaspar who might come in and, and actually give us some balance on the right hand side even though traditionally, I don't think he's been a right wing wing back from memory. I thought he was more of a more of a right back and a right centre back, perhaps. So there, there's that kind of thing. Have other teams, in terms of their composition, and probably especially the teams below that kind of parachute piece, got a better balance of non homegrown versus homegrown players? Do you think
0: everyone compared to Watford is is going to <laughs> because when when you know yeah. but just. I mean, the best thing about Watford's transfer business over the past years has been picking up. I always say, you know, innovative, exotic yep. from here, there, and everywhere, and selling them on for good money, and picked up some damn good players there, and. I mean, you joke about the Udinese link-up, but it's very, very useful in, in terms of a get-out or a, a home for that player if they need to be moved on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the majority of, you know, and we're talking about in a post-COVID landscape, the majority of championship clubs have been shopping in the in the lower division. And you've come down with Burnley, who were always very British-centric anyway, weren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. Norwich look fine so apart from the fact I'm on a Watford podcast if you ask me to pick out one club that might have that issue, it probably would be Watford
2: i think I think that's. I think that's probably the case. I mean Vincent Company is an interesting one because when he went out to Anderlecht in his first season, it was a little bit all over the place, but he would have been going through a dramatic learning curve moving from you know, kind of pitch to pitch side. That would be really interesting to see a number of these kind of low money transfers i mean you mentioned you know, kind of we've in terms of, in terms of the discussion pieces and the forums you know you, you mentioned earlier on uh, the two lads who've gone to to, to West Bronx. Swift and... Jed Wallace. Thank you, Jed. Yeah, and Wallace. The lad who's gone to Burnley for um, uh, Twine. Was with somebody that we, you know, kind of looked on, and 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 especially because of uh, the connection to Rob Edwards from Forest Green, the, the young lad uh, Kane Wilson, were players that we thought we might have a chance of getting free loans in the or, or free uh, free transfers in the main. And there is a level a level of disappointment around it, but I do have to say, since uh, Saturday was a definitely a, a real good feel fa- feel good factor because the one thing we were was absolutely organised. We were we were determined, and even though we had a, a midfield two of KMB. And Delhi bashiru uh Delhi Bashiru not being selected by reading at the end, but I think that has a lot to say with, a lot to do with paul in so I don't personally rate uh, as a manager you know getting a getting a getting a clean sheet against any Premiership opposition, especially one that beat us twice last year is uh, is nothing to be sniffed at so we'll we'll be hopeful, but i think we we know exactly as you called it out there that the the squads aren't necessarily uh, all arranged as yet. the famous sloping pitch podcast we're following the greatest show on earth but would you like pitch side seats for all the action in qatar the heat the goals the drama well so would we but why not join me nick hancock in stoke-on-trent and co-host chris england in london's sw 16 every game live from england the famous sloping pitch podcast we think this tournament could be okay Sport social. <laughs> You're, you're going to be coming to the uh, to the Watford Sheffield United game, I believe. Yeah. Yes. It's wonderful. Are, are there any grounds that you haven't got to? Because uh, you you had a weekend uh, towards the back end
0: of the season there, where you were about was it four
2: games in a weekend?
0: I did it was four games in two days actually. Which, um, <laughs> when I was, I thought this will be this will be um, fun and this will make good YouTube content or what have you. But I will I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Um, Burnley, I've never been to Burnley, so. Being an Ipswich Town fan and covering the Championship, our paths have, have never crossed. I'll be at Huddersfield on Friday night to see Burnley play, but um, as us Southerners know, I'm up here in um, Bedfordshire. It's a bit of a hack up to Burnley. But just quickly on that, four games in two days. Two um, days. Yeah, so I went to see your friends... Um, I was kind of like doing this. Uh, Go play on. Nottingham Forest at half 12, right? And I was off to Derby versus Fulham in in the evening. Um, so it was actually a fairly sensible one. You know, my yeah. house away. What happened though was that Luton beat Nottingham Forest, which wasn't on the on the car. Yeah. And what that meant was that that evening, Fulham could be promoted. Now, I'm a YouTuber, and I'm known for being right on the button with Mm. my videos. So I had to quickly go home. I had the video scripted and film my Fulham bounce-back video. So I rush home, do this. What did Fulham go and do at Derby? (laughs) Lose. (laughs) So I made the video which never saw the light of day that weekend. So then I came home. I then drove to Rotherham to see my lot, Ipswich, absolutely stink it out there and lose lose 1-0. Um, and then I drove back down straight to MK to see... Actually, I saw Barry Bannon score for Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know if you saw yeah. that goal on the TV from the, virtually the halfway line. One of the best goals I've seen in the flesh for a long, long time. So that was the four games in uh, two days just don't ask me if I'll be attempting it again this season.
2: <laughs> well, there there are those people who
0: would suggest that actually your your
2: wonderfully scripted video was kiboshed out of out, out of penance for having visited uh, Kenilworth Road earlier on in the day. But we what, wouldn't suggest that we would never say what, that. No. No. What, never. I,
0: what I will do is I'll I'll tell you about where I file that video. Because there's been a few videos I've made that have never seen the light of day. That video will be filed with my Chris and appointed Bristol City Manager. It never happened. <laughs> Um, full and promoted okay it happened the next week and we 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 got on it and very recently liam rosinia named blackpool manager never happened these are gambles we take um, in the in the content creation game is i think um they used to joke about the uh, bless her the, the queen mother that for about the last 20 years of her life they had all the documentaries and everything already made um preempting her um you know her ultimate our ultimate pass. yeah. I think Pre- you, I prepared, think, Justin.
1: I thought, well, I think Peter made a cartoon last year of England winning the Euros that never saw the light of day, didn't you? Oh, we, sh-
2: we shan't
0: discuss that. <laughs> it didn't happen, <laughs> it was we on my phone that.
1: ready to send. I was like, oh, we're going to send this, and I thought I might as well delete that as soon as and the
0: cartoons with my uh, Chris Hutton to Bristol City video, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yes, as you say, in the content creation game, you have to kind of hedge your bets a little bit, don't you, sometimes? And, uh,
2: you you will, you will end up making this kind of thing. In a way, with the Resenia family, they do have history of this sort of thing. You know, Leroy Resenia was famously appointed manager of Torquay United and lasted 10 minutes before well, the owner sold the club. And Liam Resenia hasn't even had any minutes at Blackpool. I mean, that's, you know, if you, that's that's following in his father's footsteps, surely.
0: Come on, guys, this is an open goal, so I'm going to take it. I'm, it. it. I'm working on my Watford sack Rob Edwards video. Oh, home. boom. It's <laughs> boom. a bit soon.
1: It's a bit... It's soon on. let's have a couple of games first then you can do it stop it <laughs> yeah,
2: let's get to half time before you start yes
1: right <laughs> yeah you, you won't be making that at the ground either there's no signal ben so i you...
0: normally stand up for you lot when people say nonsense like that so. i've noticed
1: <laughs> I, I have noticed to be fair <laughs> i have noticed so the channel's going from strength to strength i i, I see how long have you been doing that now
0: initially it was the um i was just doing Ipswich town stuff but I suppose specific championship stuff would have been in the seventeen eighteen season. I sort of start Ipswich was still there until the end of uh, their glorious relegation at the end of twenty nineteen. So I suppose it's just been since Ipswich dropped a full championship channel since nineteen twenty. So yeah, a couple of years now.
1: There's always new videos coming on. There's there's live stuff you do watch alongs. You, you spend an awful lot of time in that office of yours, don't you?
0: I do, and I can reveal maybe exclusively that I I may be moving out of that office to uh a, to a, a slot in the garage if that can be sorted um Ooh. soon enough maybe not oh uh, I, I i can feel a new intro video coming along when that happens
2: <laughs> oh yes yeah <laughs> um, no the um
0: my daughter enid is um right next door to me so um under no uncertain terms no screaming and shouting during watch uh, yeah, of course, answer,
1: yeah. of course. I,
2: I i have to say your watch alongs are tremendous and th- the amount of people who go in and contribute and you actually interact with all of that directly. And anybody who watched I was watching the um it was the Sunderland Wickham game last year. Or sorry, Wickham Sunderland. And the you know the stuff that goes on and the humour from your audience is superb. I have, you know, I thought it was just it was it was cracking. It was really, really good and really enjoyed it. So please follow. Kind
0: of... Is it in theory it's just like watching with your mates in the in the pub, isn't it? And I think with COVID a lot of People and you know, I don't want to go all sappy on you, but a lot of people have said to me since, "Oh, thank you for doing that." You know, that was that was great. And I say to them back, "God, it it wasn't just therapy for you. Believe you me, it was you know my chance to probably same with you guys in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. my chance to actually." You know, get me a pics of you know. We're all just fans at the end of the day, and just to chat with some like-minded people, you
2: know. Well, we last year we we started a, a kind of a, an old-fashioned phone in, but basically Twitter Spaces, and so we've got a, a you know a whole host of people who reg- regularly come on and contribute. You know, in this case via an audio platform after the game, and obviously as you can imagine, after 15 home defeats out of 19, and we won't say much about the away form. You know, it, it was yeah, the therapy thing was was used a lot we also interviewed the excellent Tommy Mooney uh this week and he was kind enough to give us uh, basically a whole evening of his time one of the things that, that he echoed out and we had a lot of people kind of uh, we invite people to to send in their, their their questions or comments and we had a number of people who kind of echoed back that you know he would be he was uh, involved in the in the whole kind of like reaching out to people who are suffering and having a conversation with them and i think that connection especially during covid but also since as well because there's still a lot of people who are isolated for any number of reasons or don't get to go and watch their team having Something where it's interactive is is really different, and you you absolutely you know kind of play back to to, to the comments that are on there. It's it's uh it, it's really good to see.
1: Yeah, it's great. I love I love the stuff that you do. I think it's uh it's always worth watching, even if it's even if it's not Watford. I think I'll look will give this a watch. See what this is all about. So I think we need to make sure that m- more people from Watford are aware of your channel and subscribe to your channel so that um they can uh, enjoy your content during this season. Hopefully next season, of course, we we might be a Diddy Party to team back up into the let, uh, let,
0: let the yo-yo swing back up in that's it the
1: that's the swing, way yeah. yeah that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah yeah so um but do you wanna do you wanna give everybody uh, a bit of a heads up as to where they can find your channel Ben?
0: Yeah lovely. Um so on Twitter we're at Benjamin Bloom but the main bulk of everything goes down YouTube. So it's the Benjamin Bloom football channel and I think the schedule this year we'll be doing the the preview predictions for every every round of games, all forty six Um, will come out every Thursday. And I think, um, not that Watford will be featured on the first one because they're playing, actually it won't be on the first couple because they're playing on Mondays, um, but we'll get the review show out on Sundays. That said, I will be at the first two Watford games. So I will vlog both of those, which is even better than being featured on the review. So try and get to as many games as possible. So yeah, if you see that I'm heading to a game, let me know and I'll say hello and talk some football with you but yeah all, all, all good fun over on the channel and if you're really really lovely you can support over at my patreon as well you can find the details on my twitter
1: marvelous
2: now now we we have we have blown enough smoke up up your posterior there there's one issue that i think we do have to take have to take with you here because people get over to the get over to the channel we did you did a video which was a review of championship grounds oh dear now Now I I already know where this is going. It is fair to say that Ben. It's not. This isn't blowing smoke up your ass here. Every championship club has a whole host of people who follow you, and you are dear. I was going to say you're dearly departed. That would be wrong. You you are. You know. You're. Everybody's very fond of you, including those people up the road near Mordor. (laughs) You did a review of the grounds, and Watford came out our ground in which position?
0: your beautiful Premier League silky ground with the beautiful murals outside in the in the town centre that I love to go to. Yeah, that's around. Yeah, if if you look on Wikipedia under the words backpedal, there's a picture
2: of Ben pedalling <laughs> furiously at that point. So we were, I, at, I, I, I believe it was number six, was it not? Uh, if you say, so, I think, I'd, if, I'd, I I think get it my was. my fact checkers on that one. I think it was number six. And okay. no, and number five was basically um, a ground well known for you know kind of spotting towers and uh, and barbed wire as much as anything. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> what made you? What made you go Luton Town as a ground? Bear in mind, obviously, we end up having to go into the oak. Oak Road, kind of, you know, uh, up up the metallic stairways, looking into back of people's gardens, and then having basically blood circulation cut off at the knee um, as a ground. What did you? What do you like about
0: games at Kenilworth Road? Right. Before we say that, I'll just I'll just preface my answer by saying I'm known on my channel for complete objectivity. I will sit here now. Some look, I'm an Ipswich Town fan, but I will acknowledge. Norwich were really good in 2018-19 and Emi Buendia and Tamu Puki and Max Ahrens and, you know, some fantastic players. So on my channel, it's okay to praise your rivals, okay? Now, in terms of the ground rankings, I'm old school. Give me Main Road over the Etihad. Give me Elm Park Reading over the Select Car Leasing Stadium. Give me the Baseball (laughs) Ground over Pride Park. So I love old school grounds and in the championship there's a couple of grounds that just have a uniqueness yes if i go to watford if i go to norwich my match day experience will be beautiful glorious god even in watford you know i can even get an artisan coffee from a van <laughs> under the stand whilst i'm talking to justin as well uh, okay. no, you, you could you can do that in luton but chances are the van is on fire <laughs> oh, it's, it's so disrespectful so when, oh, when they're look, going to be aiming it back and quite right too. <laughs> when I look at uniqueness, I look at the atmosphere at Millwall. There's no there's no atmosphere like Millwall and the big Mill chant and how fiery it is. It's fantastic. And whether you're a Watford fan or not, every championship fan takes a picture of that Oak Road stand. They mock the awful view and the posts in the way. And I just feel that um, it's a throwback and... Look, don't get me wrong, I like sitting in Redding and having a perfect view or Middlesbrough or any ground that's been, you know, Huddersfield or whatever, any ground that's been built vaguely modern day. But even as Watford fans, um, we all know the view's not great. The leg room's not great. You're probably not going to see much from the away end, but it's got more character, that ground, than many, many other grounds. So I always do put Luton's ground up fairly high. And they would even admit they they're rather partisan luton uh, no linesman you could have a player five meters offside, and the linesman flag him, and all the Luton fans will protest. And you're like, "Come on, lads! He's five meters offside." <laughs> so they make a really good atmosphere. They would admit that, and um, always like a ground where all the stands are, di- are different. As you've as definitely well. you've, got you've, that you've got there. Conservatories all down one. So <laughs> it is.
1: It is. It's conservatories. Yes, yeah, so that,
0: That's that's all it is with Lute and It's just a ground that if when you're sat in and you look around, you're like, "This is a proper old school football ground." And yes. The Premier League has been great, and if you go to Watford and look at the surface and the video screen and colours, and I will say that I think the jewel in the crown at Watford is now the murals, and I, I know you've been oh. just so good, aren't they? They um, are, yeah,
1: they're, they're fantastic. Did,
0: did I give a good enough justification there?
1: I I don't mind that at all. I think I think there are elements, obviously, of what you're saying. It, it, there, it is unique. It's definitely unique. I mean, if you if you've um, never been to a ground like that before, and there's going to be a lot of people that support Watford that have never been to. Well, uh, Exactly, yeah. So they're in for a bit of a surprise, I think. I think that the problem with, that we find... Did,
0: Justin, sorry to interrupt, you didn't get to go during COVID, did you either? No, but we the, didn't, The big no. derby match, which is, I mean, you'll all mock that ground, but that will sell out in seconds for the way oh, of course that, it won't will. it? Yeah, of
1: course it will, yeah. So you'll all want to be
0: there, won't
1: you? Yeah, although the allocation, I think we were saying the other day, Pete, is going to be quite select, isn't it?
2: 1,024.
1: One thousand and twenty four. That's not a lot. Yeah, the,
0: the ground only holds ten thousand at yeah, um, yeah at Luton, so that's about right, isn't
1: it? I mean I think our match days is marred a little bit with the whole, you know, if you go on club transport, as you get off the motorway they stop the police come on and say, Right, you're gonna behave yourselves yeah, and then... it's not fun. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean for I've been I've been at Luton for a few. I was at one for Millwall, and those two have got a bad oh, yes. history. And I, I literally couldn't get back to my car because they closed all the all the roads. And I was trying to say to them, "Look, stop a Millwall fan. They'll know who I am. I promise. I'm friendly with most of these guys. Let me, let me through for God's sake." But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I, I admit, fantastic. it yeah. is he's exactly. a bit rubbish on. He a bit rubbish on derby days. And, as from an Ipswich fans' point of view, we haven't played every time we play Norwich. It's at midday and Frog March dinner now, and, out, and man, we always lose. As
1: these know. will be, they've been moved already. These games to Sundays, twelve o'clock kickoffs. I think so. Yeah,
0: um,
2: yeah. Well, I, I do love the idea of. Uh, excuse me, sir. Have you got any identification? Yeah, just stop a Millwall fan
0: and he'll tell you who I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I mean, the just, way to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, look, like that, that sounded horribly like. Do you know who I am? Which I would never <laughs> ever say to anybody ever. So I hope I didn't come across badly saying that. No, don't no, do but don't, don't don't worry. In the edit, it'll sound like that though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're just gonna cast do you know who I am? Oh I, I, it, yeah.
2: no, that's 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 gonna be the bit at the start. No, no, not at all. Not, no, not, I, not. I, I agree with you in terms of you know character of grounds. This year we're celebrating the hundredth year at Vicarage Road. So it's you know, it's it is an old ground. It's just been looked after rather than, you know, kind of left to go to rack and ruin, I'm just saying. Um but that but that's fine. We went to we went to Wheelstone and I've got some history back in on league stuff and going back in and seeing um, the the slightly slightly more quaint, slightly more ramshackle, slightly more characterful was uh, was actually very enjoyable. But uh, in the meantime, I look forward to you having an artisan coffee next time you're down. <laughs> Can
0: I just challenge your guys' objectivity? What is what is your take on Luton? Because they've just done such a fantastic, you know, sort of four or five years gradually, you know, working their way back up the leagues. For Luton to have been in the playoffs semi-final <laughs> last last season was it was terrific and it looks like they're amping up the transfer business now completely balanced Justin what is what is your take on he's on never been referred them. to as that you've got to admire what they've done
1: we were all praying that they didn't make it up to the Premier League um, <laughs> to be honest they, they did look good um, and it was one of those things where you think oh god you know Luton and we actually spoke to uh Justin Dealey, who's a big Luton fan he's a radio presenter on BBC Free Counties radio and he assured us um around sort of christmas time when it looked like they were in the ascendancy that if they did get promoted the only thing that would prevent Kenilworth Road from being a premier league ground, premier league the, ground. was the was the floodlights or something that was it <sighs> apart from that that satisfied the Premier League rules as a Premier League ground. So, that was, you know, they, they were good to go. There wasn't really anything sort of holding them back. So, uh, objectively, it pains me to say it, but they did do very well last season. Let's hope they've got that out of their system and uh, yeah. they they know their place this season.
0: I don't, think, I don't think anyone was getting past Forest in the end. You know when a team just gets on a run and it looks fated, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think, although I, I was at both semi-finals, both of the Luton Huddersfield semi-finals. And I will say I think if Luton had all their strikers fit for the second leg, I think they would have got to Wembley as as well. It was very close. Very, very close. So yeah, it no. should be a really good derby um next season. Yeah. I, I
2: think I think that last season, in fairness, cracky, these words are gonna hurt. Um, they were everything that we were not last year. They were they had a sense of organization. They had a sense of unity. We did not and we did not. Uh, they had a, a collective level of organisation, and, uh, and Nathan Jones seems to be that manager that fits a certain club like like, like a like a glove. Um, like you know, and,
0: Burnley was, yeah
2: yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there there's some, there's some people who just, you know, I mean he had his sojourn up to up to Stoke and I mean I don't know, Stoke may have been a poison chalice and he might he might be able
0: to, to make a fair uh, comparison would be Eddie Howe, yeah. who yeah. went away from Bournemouth and then came back and did ever so well, didn't he? Yeah,
2: very much so. So I mean I imagine that that, that Jones's stock is rising and Luton fans will be hoping they can keep him till Power Court, which is where they're looking to kind of uh, develop and, and relocate to, and you know, as a, as a Watford supporter, if they get a twenty-five seat of ground, they could actually start becoming. Uh, I think, as Alex Ferguson once said to Liverpool about Liverpool, if they get start getting themselves sorted out, there might be something to worry about. And I think, I think they could do because they are running on meagre resources. You know, now I'm going to have to go off and have a shower. That's not good for me to say things like that.
1: <laughs> Objective enough for you? there ben was it
0: extremely yeah, oh, well, fantastic well, well done guys well done. No, and I, I just think you know and i say a lot about wealth distribution and the inequality of the tv money and stuff when you do see millwall each and every year pushing for the playoffs and uh you know their their transfer record will be you know agents fees to a premier league club yeah i don't want to go on my football socialism rant but we do need to close up these gaps um you know these massive gaps in in wealth inequality it, it, you guys said it yourself when you're in the premier league you're the poor little fish in a barrel to be shot at by the big six but in the championship you are the big six yeah, Do you know what i mean absolutely. so it's you know, it's um all about perspective isn't it and there's it
1: always is. someone worse off. <laughs> <laughs> there is always someone worse off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think- I, the whole of last season was it just it just didn't feel right from day one. It just felt horribly out. We felt out of place. I thought. I mean, when we went up last time, we were there for five seasons. Was it Peter? And we yeah, t- yeah. held for our age. own. Yeah, held our own. Had some nice sort of quite high up for us table finishes and FA Cup final and all this kind of stuff last year just felt oh there's something missing here and it was never never you know found out as to what that was that Dan Gosling interview however has uh, shed some light on things you think oh, that was a bit oh, icky wasn't it it was yeah. a bit yeah but thank God because now we know now we know that they weren't happy either and you know there was people that just weren't trying and you know we, we all felt that but you know there's never going to anything from the club about oh no no they're all trying their best we go again and all this sort of stuff then, no That's not the case. So I think this season can only be an improvement on that. Whatever happens, as long as we look as though we are trying and Mm -hmm. um, we are putting in some effort, a lot of things will be forgiven, to be honest with you, because last season it was... Like, you know, they just didn't didn't care. And so when we see players like Sizoko go, not really Kuchka, but Sizoko I thought was a you know a bit of a waste of space. And fan, and you know, not good. And, and, you know, some of the other players that came in, not good enough at all. Samir, I know what you're saying about the uh, left-sided of a, of a three at the back, but are we going to miss Samir, Peter? I don't think we're going to miss him at all, to be honest
2: with you. I think it's more a question of the balance in the squad. If you've got a left-sided right-wing back and you've got, all right-sided, left centre-backs. You know, if you're playing three at the back, the danger is when the ball gets played in behind the wing-backs and the centre-back gets pulled out of pos- position. Mm. And if you're pulling somebody along who needs to pirouette in order to play the ball out, that's when nasty things happen. Whereas if actually he's left-sided and he's moving out that way, he can play the ball first time, which is one of the things that Samir did a lot at Udinese. And he did it um, at, for example, I remember doing a, 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 a boot room. He did it at a kind of Villa and he did it at Man United. You know, kind of reasonable games that we played where... He linked up really well with at the time Hassan Kamara, but Hassan Kamara is now playing on the right side for no apparent reason. So it's 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 uh you know it's about it's about the knee bone being connected to the shin bone. You know it's rather than rather than kind of literally hammering in square pegs into round holes throughout. Mm. But Mm. but you're quite right. We we're going to see how how things go. We've got a very challenging start. Um, we are yep. all looking forward to Saturday three o'clock and we've got a Monday, Monday and then a Friday night. <laughs> yes, so uh, exactly. we'll look forward to when that when that runs down. Hi, this is Tommy Mooney. And you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast.
1: Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you once again. Uh, very much looking forward to uh, keeping up with your videos and, of course, seeing you at the Sheffield United game on the 1st. Can't wait. Thank you very much for coming on. Do not scratch your eyes once again and hopefully we'll catch up again soon.
0: Absolutely.
2: Thank you, Ben. And everybody, don't forget the Benjamin Bloom Football Channel on YouTube.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <coughs> At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen by fans.